we have a very happy boy here. <laughs> boy! Uh, well, I'm going to have to fix that. <laughs> I'm going to have to fix that in post. Boy. Boy too. Dad of boy. <laughs> uh, to say I'm excited is an understatement. But what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Decode Podcast. I am your host, Digital Era Entertainment, written core content editor in chief Kenneth Cardez, aka Omega Z. And I'm here with producer and co host Gino, who is monitoring all the stream data stuff and our microphone. So while I'm also suffering through, I'm also now like, I guess, a contractor or foreman of a building project. You're like redoing your, your, your house. I'm putting, I'm giving you guys a studio. Just be happy. <laughs> I'll have to travel now. Yes. Uh, you're lucky I may be like closer to there at some point. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> welcome to the show. For those of you joining us live via Twitch from the Waypoint Cafe here at 65 Ludlow Street on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, where we uh, bring you this amazing, awesome content uh i'm just gonna shout boy for like 40 minutes content <laughs> uh no it's something i think with the microphone actually I think it's the microphone i think it's the microphone starting to give out i can clear it up in post we're able to clear it out though so it, there will be some like occasional crackling or something i think it's the cord yeah it might be the cord i don't know i'm trying not to hit it too much yeah i, I really do think that the cord might be a little busted yeah so i'll just let me just move this mic here and then move this sorry <laughs> i have to i probably have to re, re uh, do the cords anyway in here anyway uh so yeah obviously the big thing the big announcement is uh that god of war ragnarok has an official release date of november 9th of this year Needless to say, for the month of November, I will not be available for reasons. <laughs> I'm gonna be in a whole of God. Of I know. Like, Are you gonna, gonna show up? To I want you. I want you to. Sh I want you to play every single game, <laughs> including the PSP and Vita games. Uh, if they ever bring them actually to that PlayStation Premium, sure. I mean, I have ways to play them. I got to get a, a capture card or something. <laughs> That's what I need. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. We finally have Data Boy 2. Um, before we get into uh, what God of War meant to us here at Digital Ear Entertainment, let's catch people up with what we've been playing, if anything new at all. Do you know? House Flipper. I kid you not. <laughs> I kid you not. I've been actually playing House Flipper. I, I, I'm like, is that an actual game? It is an actual. About, no, like, no, no. It is an actual game. Your, your current it is an actual game. <laughs> um, House Slipper is a simulation game where you buy, where you end up with properties that you can renovate and flip. It's actually so accurate that it actually does pull information from like online sources. So I'm kind of just like, so let it, me see how much this is going to cost me. Using things from Zillow. <laughs> yes. Um. That's hilarious. Yeah, it, it's been fun. House Slipper has been fun. Uh, I'm playing, obviously, Monster Hunter still. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also playing uh, still that uh, that little witch game that I was playing before. Okay. Yeah. The one with with the, the, the weird innuendo jokes. Yes, all of them. They keep going. <laughs> they keep going. Like, you're my special friend. I'm like, I don't like how you have special capitalized. <laughs> <laughs> that just means they're good buddies. <laughs> anyway, uh, anything else? Has that been it? That's been it. Yeah. Obviously, I've been grinding four guys on our digital era Twitch streams. Uh, this past Sunday and Tuesday, we had some awesome, awesome rides. Are you using Sunday. the boy skin? What? Are you using the boy skin? There is no boy. Is there no God of War skin in no, that game? I'm hoping. I'm surprising, some, actually. I feel like at one, at one, at some point they will. We'll add a God of War skin. Wasn't it on PlayStation first? Technically, it was PlayStation PC first, right? Yeah, but there was no. How was no? How was there no? That's there weird. No God of, I don't know, but they've done every other like That's... Sony franchise. They have Ratchet and Clank skins. They have 
Maybe we'll uh, come out for the new game. I think so. I feel like you like know, maybe, and, and the boy will be like the backpack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right now, they've been big on like Assassin's Creed skins. Yeah. So that I know there's a Halo skin. Yes, they. You have to buy the actual yeah. Master Chief skin. But uh, there was also this past weekend there was a Spartan showdown event uh, that was Halo themed, um, and you were able to get a purple. Meowster Chief helmet with the, oh, I love that helmet. Yeah. Cortana bodysuit. Well, wait, wait, wait. How are they? Well, both Microsoft and Sony should be having this fun. If it's a Spartan event, yes. how do you not? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I want a Master Chief versus Kratos thing. Um. So yeah, this past Sunday, uh, we had fifteen wins. Thirteen of those were in a row. Damn. Which is probably like that's my really good, best actually. Ever on stream with Fall Guys. Uh, and then this past Sunday, uh, I was getting, uh, we had a few wins and I was joined by uh, radio drama feature and occasional D-Kai podcast uh, host, uh, Jace, who oh, nice. was able to join me for uh, some tonage. Uh, we got a couple of wins on stream together as a team, which was awesome fun. Um, nice, nice. So that's cool. Yeah, I've been really big on Fall Guys this season just because like, this is the the rebootish yeah. season because they call it season one free for all instead of season seven, even though it is the seventh the season. season. Yeah. Um, but they've been having fun with it. Uh, they've been doing a lot more. What I've noticed the change from like OG Fall Guys to now Epic Games owned Fall Guys is they're they removed it from Steam. That too, but <laughs> <laughs> they've been more. Uh, they've been a much more faster paced with the themed events in terms of like, here's this mode three days later, here's this mode three days later, here's this mode. Um, so it keeps you wanting to play more. That's uh, smart. And they doubled that with XP gains being available yeah. on like daily challenges, weekly challenges. Okay, okay. So, so yeah, they're doing what they did with uh, Fortnite basically. They basically fortnite it. Um, which has been a subject of contention from the community because some of the communities like, oh man, they're really like trying to get us to buy skins. And it's like, well, yeah, it's a free-to-play game. That's how they get you. Yeah. If you want to buy the cosmetics and then there's the cosmetics you can own, you can earn. One of the things that I was upset at with Fall Guys, and I've mentioned it on the streams too, is how in the original six seasons, there were certain costumes that were very hard to get that had legendary status. So... If you wore a particular costume, it was definitely, like, a vanity thing. Yeah. And with this new reboot season, so to speak, a lot of those legendary costumes got changed to, like, commons, uncommons, rares. That's... Ooh. So I felt a little upset at that. I understand then, the reasoning, though, because they don't want people to be like, oh, I can never get that again. Yeah. Because it's a legendary. So if you lower the rate and then you make new legendaries, everyone's on the equal playing field. But at the same time, you kind of burn your already existing. Um, We're having mic issues. Thanks uh -oh. for letting us know. Ivy, welcome to the stream, by the way. Um, Is it popping? Because that's something I'm going to have to check the what's it called for. Yeah, it's the uh, the wire. Yeah, it's most likely the wire. It's the wire because technology sucks. Yeah, it gets old. Uh, it's making a popping sound. Yeah. Damn it. Definitely the wire then. We're sorry. Okay. Sorry um, about that. We'll fix it in post for those of you who would download this episode later. Hopefully it's not too annoying. We appreciate your patience with this. Um, but yeah, so that I was a little upset with those changes in Fall Guys. Uh, but the game's still fun, and I've been having a ball with it. And it's been really cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um... So Shall we go on to news? Uh, let's talk about some news. Can, uh, can I talk about the thing that has made me very happy because I think this is the smartest Nintendo fan in the world? Uh, we will in just a moment. Okay. But I want to get this out of the way uh, just because it's something that means a lot to me. Okay. Um, so in unfortunate news earlier today, it was found that Kazuki, Kazuki Takahashi, the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh! tragically passed away. Um, it apparently was a snorkeling yeah, accident. Yeah, so he drowned while snorkeling, which is like the worst way to go, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but one, I just wanted to make note of it because uh, 
obviously I'm a big card game player and card games have been super important to me in my life and especially uh something like Yu-Gi-Oh um you know this guy brought joy to millions of people um through his passionate dedication and his art and he basically accomplished what every artist dreams and that's creating art that withstands the test of time. That when you create art, you want it to be legacy. And this guy did that with original... a children's card game and a manga. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> there is nothing childlike about that card game if you read the manga. That is a very violent, that is a very violent manga. Yes, it is. <laughs> and um, it was not sent to the Shadow Realm. You were just straight killed. Uh, thanks for coming by, Ivy. I appreciate <laughs> it. I'll talk to you later. Um... And then for my own personal life, Yu-Gi-Oh! was very life-changing for me for a number of reasons. Uh, it was a card game I got into at a very young teenage age, uh, and I've been playing it for a long time. I've obviously not been playing it recently, uh, except like digitally with the Master Duel and whatnot. But what Yu-Gi-Oh! did for me as a, a person, it was one of the first games that allowed me to travel not just my own city but the country yeah going to other states to meet other players um going to other states to compete in these events uh it's allowed me to meet literally i can say that 95 percent of the friends that i've met in my life have been because of Yu-Gi-Oh. that includes some people outside, outside of like the city outside of the city uh, that includes some the person next to me, the person sitting in the van over there. Because Yu-Gi-Oh! was the gateway for me into a lot more of the anime community and the video game community as well. I was always a gamer, and Yu-Gi-Oh! was just one of those things that made me realize that, like, gaming was more than just me sitting at home in my house. Like, I can go and travel. You can go do things with um, people. And even on a more personal note, like, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! cards had value. So there were points in my life where... I was going through some hardships and I hustled to sell cards to be able to eat or afford rent. Yeah. You know, when I was going through some tough times. Um, so needless to say, uh, without getting too emotional, uh, this is a really hard loss uh, because this man created a legacy product. Like this is going to outlast him it's gonna outlast probably us look at it how long something like magic the gathering is going uh and Yu-Gi-Oh and pokemon for that matter yeah. have been going just as long um and that's a a phenomenal legacy to leave behind and he will definitely be missed and i, I hope that wherever he is he has found some measure of peace and joy that his art has brought so much to so many people uh that being said Nintendo news. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so someone was smart enough to realize that you need around 700 shares to be brought to a shareholder. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah. <laughs> so he spent 40,000 USD. 40,000 US dollars to ask one question. Where's F-Zero? Yeah. Where's F-Zero? <laughs> and... He got two answers. One was, you know, the diplomatic answer. Hey, we like that you're a fan and everything. We don't normally comment on game where games are missing in these meetings. But he did get a second answer saying like, hey, yes, we actually want to make an F-Zero game. We just don't know how to do it, that it would be enjoyable for everyone, which is the important part. It's not so... Supposed to be enjoyable for everyone, Nintendo. It's supposed to be for the elitist, hardcore gamers of all time. That's why you let Sega make it the last time, and it's the greatest gaming game of all time. God damn it, stop being cowards! They also said that, like, they get a lot of questions. They also gave another answer saying, like, oh, we're happy that our fans ask about longtime franchises that we haven't made a game about. We're always prototyping these games. They did say that they always are always prototyping all of their franchises it's just that sometimes when they get through actual review they come to realize it's not time yet for this 
because we can't make it in a way that's unique and fun experience. Yeah. Like they could they could give us another AX game, but in Mar- <laughs> in Nintendo's eyes, it's not a unique fun experience. <laughs> Yeah, so one of the things that I've I've noticed is that Nintendo, and I remember talking about this in our Discord, that Nintendo is very keen to only really push games that present something unique and new. Yes. Uh, not excluding a, a remake or a port. Or right, anything right. Like that, but when they make a new game, it's like, what are you doing for this whole franchise, franchise that is unique and fresh? This is why we haven't seen, like, uh, Mario Odyssey sequel because it's like, how do you top, top that? that? How do you top, top that? that? Like, <laughs> you know, so it's like you know, it takes some time to really come up with something that's gonna be like, okay, this is how we do it. You know, you have uh, what was another one? Um, I mean, even Arms as an example. Yeah, Arms was actually a very good example. Like it was fresh, it was new. Same thing with Splatoon. Like mm-hmm. if you notice, there's a lot of differences between the. First platoon and the second platoon. Very a lot. <laughs> so it's like, hey, they know that they have to keep making a fresh, unique game. They don't just want to. They don't want to do the. They want to avoid the Call of Duty yeah, syndrome. They, wanna, they don't want to just wanna release. avoid the triple A trap. Yeah, the, you know that's the thing, and that, and I commend them for that. The problem with that is we run into what we run into droughts. We run into droughts like some. <laughs> Look how long it took are, us to get a Metroid game. Some of us who are more in the like, I feel like there's two camps of Nintendo fans. You have the cat. I'm not really casual because they're the ones that buy like every Nintendo game. But there's like there's the hardcore Nintendo fan, and then there's the hardcore gamer. That's yes, a Nintendo fan. And I know I'm in that category of the hardcore gamer who happens to like Nintendo because I don't buy every Nintendo franchise. Some of them I'm just not interested in. Like I don't care about Fire Emblem whatsoever. I understand it's popular. I know it has its following. But whenever they announce a new Fire Emblem, I'm just like... I mean... What don't you like about, like... People Breeding Simulator? It's just, it's just never <laughs> interesting. <laughs> it's Pokemon with actual people, which is... Re- it's eugenics. I guess. <laughs> but yeah, so like... That being said, um... You know, I, I commend them for having that approach, but it's like, give me my games. Like, it's criminal that I haven't had, like, a new Star Fox in a while. Like, I feel like the Switch would be prime for a Star Fox. I, I think they could port over the Wii U one. Um, the Wii U one minus the you motion controls. One, yeah. yeah. It was actually a very good game. It was a great game, I actually. Agree. It's just, okay, we had motion controls. Mm-hmm. And everyone panned it for that. I'm like, okay. Um, so yeah, but this guy bought 40k, was like, where's my game? And I love how everyone criticized him saying, ah, you wasted 40k. I'm like, he has 40k of Nintendo stock. He has 40k Nintendo stock. This dude is gonna, this dude dude gets to go on the call. He gets to, A, go on the call. B, he gets to make money. (laughs) Like, actual money. Yeah. Dude is the smartest person I've ever seen in my life. I just want to know how he got 40k. Um... So he was buying it over the span of like five years. Oh, okay. So the total amount to reach 707, I think it's 776 shares was over the span of five years. It was just every year I'm going to buy Nintendo. Basically, buy Nintendo. yeah. I'm going to buy some Nintendo. I'm going to buy some Nintendo. <laughs> oh, I have enough. Yo, where's my Nintendo? <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's just like, it's also hard because it's very difficult to buy stock in another country? Yeah. Like, Nintendo's not traded in the New York Stock Exchange. You actually have to make an account. That means that... This is how much planning this went through. He had to prove that he's an actual stock trader, which means that he's uh, he's probably an individual person. He set himself up as a hedge fund Mm -hmm. to go around and do actual, like, funding, pass all the rigidity rigidity tests for like to be able to even look at outside of outside of u.s stocks and then just decides i'm gonna buy all nintendo only (laughs) that's the amount of work that requires (laughs) because you don't buy them in usd either you have to translate your, your currency into japanese yen and then pay it in japanese yen 
And if I remember correctly, the Japanese stock market does not do after hours. So that means he's up during Japan time making trades. Because he's crazy. I highly expected when, when I read this thing to be like, oh, he's going to ask about Mother 3, isn't he? <laughs> no. He asked about F-Zero. I'm like, this man is a hero. This man is an actual hero. I need a hero! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Man. Speaking All of right. heroes, did you hear about um, Let Me Solo Her? Yeah, so... He got a gift. <laughs> we, uh, we reported on the legendary Elden Ring player, Let Me Solo Her, who has been someone that you can summon if you're playing Elden Ring. You can summon this guy he, to fight Millennia for you. Millennia is one of the hardest bosses thousand in the game. times. He has killed her 2,000 times. <laughs> Probably more by now, but the last, I think the last big part in the news was that he has killed her 2,000 times. And what makes this funny, if you haven't paid attention to our previous episodes, is his character has no armor. He fights her in underwear. underwear and a pot. And a pot on his head with two swords. <laughs> and his name in the game is Let Me Solo Her. Um, so he's become so renowned in the Elden Ring community that Bandai Namco actually created a sword <laughs> for him and sent it to him. So he has his own physical sword. It's not the swords that he used in the game, but it's like a specialty sword a just specialty for him. specialty sword just for him. Because he has transcended legend. <laughs> Elden Ring is just the game that keeps on gaming, and it's the gift that keeps on giving. giving. And it's such a joy to play. Uh, like, guys, if you haven't played Elden Ring, like, this is probably the best open-world game ever made. I, it's the reason why I feel like uh, Breath of the Wild 2 got delayed. I definitely feel like Elden Nintendo Ring. Nintendo saw that and, like, we need to copy things from here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because like everyone's like oh man how has the open world genre gotten this way and i just i just want to point to metal gear solid ground zeros and like no one gives that game credit, credit for what it did for the open world genre like because of ground zeros and the phantom pain breath of the wild did what it did i mean also wait 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 wait. we also have to give credit to just cause because just cause literally said hey you want to go to that thing over there and then blow it up yeah, go right ahead. Yeah, but like I feel like the sand. I'm saying the sandboxing, the sandboxing like thing calls, of jazz calls, and Kojima then Kojima said, "Oh, I can do this with the sandbox." Box. And we gave yeah. us Ground Zeroes, Phantom Pain, and then like Breath of the Wild did its thing, <laughs> and then Sony was like, "We want to do that too." So they gave us Ghost of Tsushima, and then Bandai Namco, and uh, I I I can't remember his name. Uh, the creator of all these Soulsborne games. He was just oh. like, yes, here's, here's Elden Ring. Well, what's funny is um, when they first did uh, Demon Souls, when they internally play tested it and showed it to everyone, everyone agreed that this was the worst game they ever developed. <laughs> like they straight up said, this is literally the worst game we have ever developed. Right. And then they, they release it, and it's like, listen, it's already too far gone. If we cancel the project now, we're going to take a huge... Just release it, and it probably won't do anything. Demon's Souls had one of the worst control schemes I have ever seen in my life. But it was fun. But everyone loved it because it was so difficult. <laughs> I got to give credit to Bluepoint Studios for their remake also. Oh, that's such a good remake. The Demon's Souls on PS5. Such a beautiful, beautiful remake. Um... And those guys, that team is talented, man. That team is very talented. Uh, I can't wait to see what they do on their own because they're making their own game now because they got bought by Sony. So they're an official, like, first-party Sony team now. Um, so we'll see. But, yeah, Let Me Solo Her got his own prop. Yeah. Like, I don't, I can't think of any other company that does that. Um, Like, they, they'll give out, like, their PR stuff. Yeah, they'll give out PR but stuff. But these guys were like, here you go. You are a legend. Here's a sword. <laughs> I want to say Bandai has done it once before. Maybe. Wow. And I think it was for, what's it called, for Dragon Quest. Where someone got, like, a special slime. Because they... I remember that. Yeah, yeah, like, they gave someone a special slime. I'm trying to remember, what was the reason? I'm sure it has something to do with science. <laughs> he sped run it. 
He sped ran one of the longest Dragon Quest games and figured out how to beat the boss completely underleveled. That would probably be Square Enix, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of more video game news, uh, we're going to turn over to Sony, which is in the news for two things. Before we get to the main thing, boy. Uh, you don't want to talk about their monitors that I don't like? No. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't like them either. <laughs> like, I get the reasoning behind them. They're smart. Yeah, because it makes you buy their TV for your PlayStation 5 that you don't have. I might buy that Bravia TV. <laughs> that Bravia TV is so lovely. Gino, notice how I said, no, we won't talk about it. And we started talking about it anyway. Sorry. That's what we do. We talk exception here. <laughs> uh, before we get into the Sony news, let's talk about E3. Oh, yeah. I was right. <laughs> So Reed Pop, uh, basically the guys behind like they won the contract. <laughs> Sony, give us TVs. Yes, Sony, give me a TV. Give me a sixty-five inch Bravia TV. Yeah, just don't give me a three D TV, Sony, please. I found one for sale recently oh. in perfect condition. It probably doesn't work. No, it fully works. Seventy-five dollars. You just have to go to Virginia for it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which TV they made a they have a new Bravia TV that has the new HDR plus TV, HDR plus it's 10 plus it's one of the nicest TVs available it has a Q dot OLED and another uh, layer for cooling yeah. so it won't suffer through burning yeah so it's one of the only TVs that has that HDR plus that works with PS5 so if you want to do it you have to buy it that TV. It's want. a $4,000 TV. Yeah. There are better things <laughs> I can do with $4,000. But yeah, um, E3, I was right. Yes. I had a feeling that the reason why it was canceled, and we saw this because of AX, when AX made the announcement that, hey, we're not doing masks or vaccine checks. Yep. And everyone threw a hissy fit because the convention center. So when, if that was true, that means that this year was supposed to be the last year that E3 was supposed to happen at the convention center. And they would be up for contract renewal. They canceled and said, no, <laughs> please put it in Anaheim. Please, for the love of God, I do not want to go to the like, L.A. Convention Center between I, Skid Row and Meth Lane. <laughs> Knowing we pop, that's probably something they just might actually do. But uh, for the actual. I mean, they supporters. have the contract. They have the contract with Anaheim for Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. So. Also, uh, Reed Pop, for those of you who may not know. Uh, they do a ton of conventions, uh, namely some of the more popular ones that you might have gone to, like all no. like <laughs> PAX. They've done PAX. Uh, they do. They've done the Comic Cons. New York and San Diego. Yeah. They do Wizard World. They do um they do a bunch a of others, which so, is hilarious because they make no money off of those conventions. Well, it's a non-profit company. <laughs> no, 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 no. They only make their money off of their non-nerd conventions, which are like, the, they do the uh, Heart Association convention. Okay. And they do all the cancer conventions. They do all, it's weird how they do medical stuff. And then, like, here's a bunch of nerd stuff that we do. <laughs> they are full product, yeah. But yeah, Repop is going to bring us E3 uh, next year for 2023. Should be interesting to see what they do with it. And how it's handled, but uh, yeah, that news literally dropped like today. Yep, which was awesome. Which vindicated me because <laughs> I said it would be back next year. Yes, probably better than ever before. And I'm like, <laughs> I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm I am curious to see what they do with E3 because uh, like, where do you go with all the digital stuff? Like, how do you keep the excitement of a physical event? When we get all this news, they will make it nerd Christmas. Yeah. Like, look at how they handle PAX East, where PAX and PAX West, where, well, PAX Prime now, where they do like all these big announcements and everything. V Pop is going to be like, hey, we made, we, here's the, here's E3 again. Make your announcements. <laughs> E3 is PAX Pro. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. 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 With console announcements. All right. Anyway, on to some more gaming stuff. Uh, we have 
it's interesting how Sony announced these two announcements. We're going to get to the God of War one as we get to the end of our show. Uh, but we had a sort of a PlayStation indie showcase that wasn't advertised on YouTube at all. But it is on their PlayStation blog. And we know how many people read the PlayStation blog. Two, and I'm one of them. <laughs> Probably also the person who proofreads it. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> the PlayStation blog had a little showcase of PlayStation indies. Um, and they revealed seven new indie games that are coming to PlayStation. They've been on other platforms before. So we're going to take a look at some of these games uh, one of the first ones they started off with was a game called Sea of Stars. It's a retro-inspired turn-based RPG uh, made by a new studio, Sabotage Studios. Um, they wanted seamless transitions from navigation to combat. Uh, basically, it looks like a very old-school, uh, we want to say, like, I guess... It looks like Fantasy Star or Star Fantasy Ocean. Star? Yeah. Like, not, not the online games... Like the original OG on like the Genesis yeah. games. Uh, it, ha it has that old school feel, you know, with actual turn-based combat. Um, looks very unique. The art style is like super gorgeous. smooth and gorgeous. Like it's amazing what you can do with like... It looks like a GBA game. Yeah, it looks like a Game Boy Advance game. <laughs> more upscale and full of nice hand-drawn art. Um... If you're an RPG fan, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, they followed that up with a game that I'm super interested in. And this game is called uh, Skim. And it's this like isometric puzzle platformer that you play like this little frog. Shadow a little thing. shadow creature that hops around like a frog. And you have to jump from shadow to shadow to shadow to move along the world. And it's real world, so you're looking at, like, the sun, and then there's it's casting shadows, and you have to jump from the shadows. So you have to, if you want to move across the street, for example, you can jump into the shadow of someone walking across the street, and you basically hitch a ride in their shadow as they get across to the street. And then if there's a street lamp on the destination side, you can jump to the shadow of that street lamp to keep progressing through these stages. Um... And basically, the whole idea about it is this shadow creature is trying to get back to the shadow of the person they belong to. Which I think is super cute sounding. And it looks amazing. Like, it's uh, it's very dual color. So a lot of the stages are, I guess, monochrome with the shadow. So you have, yeah. like, yellow shadow, blue stage shadow, uh, light green stage with the shadows. Very unique art style. Um. Well done. It's a very it well, really done well done game. Done. So uh, that's another awesome game. Um, this game we've talked about before, coming from Devolver Digital, Cult of the Lamb. I love this game. Is coming out on August 11th. And in this game, you take on the role of the lamb. You're this cutesy cult leader, and you're basically going on crusades through randomly created dungeons with hordes of monsters and false prophets. And the object of the game is to find new followers to bring back to your main cult. And, and then sacrifice, and them, then sacrifice to them to Goat Thulu. To go <laughs> like, there's no beating around the bush. It's like, these people are literally, you're literally here just to sacrifice them. Yeah. On top of the dungeon crawling gameplay, there's also like a management simulation gameplay where you have to manage your village. Uh, so like, for example, uh, your followers might leave behind waste. They might like poop and stuff. So you got to clean up their poop. Uh, otherwise, if, if it sticks around so long, they'll get sick and eventually die. So then you got to go and hunt more followers. So obviously <laughs> keeping your followers alive is a thing you want to do. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who thought of this game, but I want their drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 99% sure this is based off of the what's it called uh, which is going to be very dark what was that cult in the 60s that drank the Kool-Aid um, I don't remember the name but I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about yeah it, I feel like they like hey let's take that and turn it into a cutesy game I'm like that's dark and they turned it into a dungeon crawling farming simulator <laughs> like why <laughs> because they could because they could I mean navigating tax breaks are kind of like crawling a dungeon <laughs> 
this next game is called Signalis. It is a psychological sci-fi survival horror game coming to the PlayStation 4 October 27th. Uh, it's basically like this side-scrolling quasi-3D horror game with like the old school uh, pre-rendered backgrounds and stuff like that. Looks really unique. It looks like a PS2 game. Yeah. I love it. Uh, it's basically a love letter to like the classic PlayStation 1 era of survival horrors. Uh, it has that like... Um, the dread... The, the, Do you it's the sphere effect. Yes, it looks where like it, that. The, where the screen, it's like the screen is so like the the rendering is so poor that it actually gives you a sense of dread because you can't see. Not because oh the game is bad. It's like no no no, that was the technology at the time. Yeah. Um. In terms of the art style, oops, sorry. Uh, the developers said they were influenced by the art of mangaka Sutomo Nihei, uh, which uh is a very prominent mangaka artist who does different horror things. Uh, they said they were also inspired by the works of Stanley Kubrick, Hideaki Anno, and David Lynch, to name a few, just to give you an idea of what kind of feel this game is going to have. It's going to be pretty scary. Um, so it's a therapy game. Define therapy. Like you're going to need it after <laughs> playing. You need the therapy after you need it. <laughs> uh, the Tomorrow Children, which has been talked about for years, is Finally launching, the console version is coming out on September 6th. I forgot this game existed. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the Tomorrow Children is basically this multiplayer game that involves creating islands, and you have to explore these islands with, like, other players. Wasn't this supposed to be a PS3 game? It was originally supposed to like, be... Like, uh, wasn't it supposed to be part of the... Uh, what was it called? The, the Second Life thing. PlayStation yeah. Home. It was supposed to be part of PlayStation Home. It got canceled. <laughs> they were originally going to put it on PS4. And it's finally coming out. I think it's already available on PC. Maybe. Or something. But it is coming to PlayStation 5 with a bunch of updates and stuff like that. Drops on September 6th. Looks really interesting. Um, so, yeah. That's that one. Uh, Indie Sensation. Cursed Golf is coming to the PlayStation cursed 5 and PS4. Golf. You're cursed to always golf. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming to PS5 and PS4 in August. Yeah. Uh, August 18th. Uh, it's basically a game where you golf, and then you got a platform, and you golf some more, and then you got a platform, and you just got to get to the end of the stage with as few hits as possible. And it's a, it's a puzzle platformer, essentially. Yeah. With boss battles. With boss battles. Very unique game. Uh, I think it's already been on Steam. It's and, been on Steam and uh, Nintendo. Yes. And then, of course, uh, we have Inscription, the wonderful card-based roguelike game uh, that we've talked about last year in one of our episodes where we mentioned games that came out that didn't quite make our top 10 list. Uh, Inscription was one of them. It's finally dropping on the PlayStation family. Did you know that this game, uh, someone went out of their way to make a physical card game of the game? Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, those were the seven new indies announced during this uh, blog announcement that they didn't do a state of play for. Honestly, I'm thankful they didn't do a state of play because I feel like it would have been wasted. True. I it just I would kind of like it if they didn't just rely like if they were to do this. Don't make it a big event. Just like. Here's here's all the trailers that are coming to things like that, and just boom, 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 boom yeah. on their on their video format. Yeah, I feel like they could because I feel that. like that would generate more. I mean, interest. The the trailers of all seventies games wound up individually on their channel. But yeah, I feel like that would have been nice to have. Like, hey, here's some. It's like indie, indie spotlight, and just boom, here's a new video on, on YouTube, and then everyone be talking about it. Yeah. Uh, but what everyone is talking about is our boy Kratos. And his boy coming back boy. with the sequel, God of War Ragnarok, coming out November 9th. I think it misses the cutoff for Dottie. Uh, Jeff Keeley's. Jeff, the Jeff Keeley's Dottie, yes. Uh, no, the cutoff is November 13th or something like that. Or is it October 13th? Mm -hmm. No, it's November. I know. I know that it's. I, I. It's always the end of October. It depends on when the gaudy actually happens. 
Well, game of the year is always December something, like December 9th or whatever. It's always, no, it's always the third or second Thursday. Yeah, it's one of those Thursdays in it's December. I, in December. So I think it's the second Thursday. So if you go back, that's why it's always, that's why it always changes. Because I remember last year, Halo didn't count. Right. Because it was two days late. Mm-hmm. And then, so I think because of where it happens this year, I think it might be just like either it's on the cutoff date or it's right after the cutoff date. Might be a day late. Yeah. Uh, Needless to say, obviously, everyone knows I'm excited for this new game. Uh, Kratos has been a central figure uh, to my gaming life. Uh, I thought you were going to say to Sony's gaming like franchises. Well, that too. Like it's been the most pop. It's been one of the consistently most highest selling games in the PlayStation family. Uh, Give me a pat upon game. I don't even think they know what pat upon is right now. <laughs> um, I miss pat upon. Wow. <laughs> uh, that game was so unique. In a Loco Roco game. <laughs> My son watched me play the original Loco Roco. I played the original Loco Roco on yeah. Steam just because I was like, I feel like having fun. Yeah. Let's play Loco Roco. It's a good game. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, God of War Ragnarok is coming out. We saw a gameplay trailer some time back. This was an announcement uh, CG trailer of Kratos and his now teenage son, Atreus, who, spoiler alert for anyone who didn't play the first game, it's been a couple of years now, uh, who we find out is actually Loki, the god of mischief. Uh, so Kratos is the father of Loki, which is interesting. Um... But the original God of War... That makes sense, actually. <laughs> yeah. The original God of War, uh, in, part, in terms of this Norse mythology story, dropped in 2018, and it was so impactful to me personally as a gamer that not only did it win our eventual Digital Era Entertainment Game of the Year for 2018, uh, we also did one of our first uh, and, and video essays uh, on what a game did for not just the single-player genre, but what it did for gaming as a whole. Um, and one of the things that I enjoyed about this character, you know, when you played the original God of Wars, uh, Kratos was very angry. He's basically the poster child for toxic masculinity. And seeing... But also his, revenge. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was an angry revenge story. Uh, and then in 2018, you had this tempered man who was trying to acceptance. figure out how to be a dad acceptance and accept who he is um and that resonated uh with me for a lot of reasons yeah um because i too am a dad and learning how to dad is not easy because there's no instruction book before it <laughs> uh, yeah I, I genuinely, I replayed the game on PC, mm-hmm. mainly on the Steam Deck, because um, it's got a war on the go, and I got a lot of, I'm like, okay, this is good. Um, I think it's honestly probably one of the more cohesive games, I would say, total. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no wasted, like, there's no wasted, like, collectible or anything like nope. that. The entire game was <laughs> the, the entire game was just a collective work of art. Yep. Uh we, we said we called it the game of the generation for PS4, yeah. which it still is to this day. A lot of people <laughs> probably would have made the argument that would be um Last of Us Two. Nah. But to be quite honest with you, I really do think that it, it's got because Last of Us Two, I'll be honest with you. It could be the poster of the game for the for for the PS4 generation, but in the worst ways. Yeah. So I look at so if you want to compare the two, because both are very unique games for they different are. things. Um, the Last of Us Part Two was a very technically sound yes. video game. Yes. It played well. It had great music. It had great architecture. It was a little too uh, a little too on the nose with the story. violence. <laughs> A little too on the note with the violence. I had to stop several times because I'm like, I got queasy. I didn't like, like, I understood that the game would be violent because it's the last I think post. it went too far. Um, and I agree with that. Um, I, one that of my game... biggest issues with The Last of Us Part Two was what I 
referred to in my review as uh, narrative dissonance, where like what I played didn't match the, the story, story I was getting. Yeah. And you compare that to something like 2018's God of War, where what I played very much reflected what the was story, story that was told yes. to me. Uh, and I think that goes a long way when it comes to things like game design uh, and when, what makes a game and, and art be quite honest, matter. Yes. So in, in that respect, then, you are playing Kratos through his story, while in Last of Us 2, you are playing a playable character. And it, it's the gamer doing the stuff, but the story's not connected. Right. While in God of War, it's very much... No, 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 no! You are playing crate. Here are the rule set. You cannot deviate from it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's. Um, I forgot what the term is called. Um, it's called immersion. No, 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 not, not, no, not immersion. No, no. There's an actual game theory behind it, where you make a choice. Like Nintendo does as well with uh, Legend of Zelda. In more, not so much in Breath of the Wild, but the older ones, mm-hmm. where it's like Link has to be a certain way, and he cannot break that mold. So we can't let the players do things that obviously Link won't do right. for this game. Um, that's what they did a lot very well in uh, God of War. Yeah, because it's like, what would Kratos do in X situation? You shouldn't. Here's your controller. You are Kratos. Kratos. Um, but yeah, like it resonated for me really well because like the original God of War games came out when I was very young and I was going through a period in my life where Anger. I had anger issues. I had, you know, a lot of other problems in my life at the time. And I was only tempered by very few things. You know, the the person I was with at the time. um, And the later God of War games, you know, having my son around. um, Which I don't think... I don't think my son was born after God of War 3. God of War 3 was... What year? <laughs> um, was it a PS2 game? God of War 3 was PlayStation 3. So I don't think my son was born at the time. What a, that is Godmother 3. I think God of War 3 was like 2010, though. Like, So my son may have just been born. March 16th, 2010. Yeah, so my son was two months old. Yeah. <laughs> when God of War 3 dropped. Um, so like those years, uh, were very transformative years for me, uh, as an adult growing up into a man and, you know, having the things that happened to me during that time frame, um, Kratos was just such a relatable character for me because I was very angry at a lot of things in my life, you know, yeah. things in the world, things in my personal life and whatnot. Um, it was- and I misguidedly threw that anger to the wrong things and it cost me so then you have that makes eight me... years later hmm. this new god of war where he's a dad trying to figure out how to dad correctly correctly <laughs> and this was at a point in my life where i had very much calmed down um i was just out of a toxic relationship and I felt that I was on a better path. I accepted my past for what it was. Yeah. And then they gave me this game. And that game is so good. And the game mirrored yeah. that feeling. So, yeah, God was very personal to me. <laughs> um, I mean, you've only cosplayed it like four times. I have yet to cosplay Kratos. I have done... You had the beard. I had the beard. You had the beard. <laughs> uh, you were walking around with that beard for like a good while. I was. <laughs> <laughs> see how I tell you? I shave. I go from like Kratos to Nathan Drake and like that. Oh. <laughs> um, He's had the beard like four times. Like yeah. Times. I have. Yeah. I've grown it out a lot over the years. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited to see the My question is of- how long until it gets to PC? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited to see how the relationship between Kratos and Atreus has grown now that Atreus is a teenager. it's th- I think it's like three years after the events of... I hope he's sassy. God of War. So now he's 13 years old. I hope he's sassy. Yeah. So it's... it's Once again, we're going to have a game that mirrors 
events because my actual son <laughs> is going to be 13 years old. <laughs> and he's very much a little troublemaker sometimes, but I love him. And uh, I'm just interested to see like what the story does with their relationship and where it goes. Um, and see what, again, they do that makes it relatable to me, uh, not just to the character, but to my own things that I go through in my life. Because that's gaming. We try to, we try to play video games to escape real life, and then they tell us stories that mirror our actual lives. So it's not really much of escape. It's just kind of like, hey, we understand where you're at in your life. Life imitates art or art imitates life? Both. <laughs> that's what happens. Yes. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. So if uh, my son is in the chat, he's more than welcome to put in game commands. As always, you can check out our Discord to keep the conversation going. Feel free to at me at Omega Z. Uh, I'm always in like the video game chats and all, all in the other different um Discord options that you have available there. <laughs> threads. <laughs> the threads, yes, thank you. That's the English, it fails me. No, <laughs> I, I've come to realize is that Discord is not really a chat application, it's just a real-time forum, which yes. is really annoying. <laughs> Everything old is new again. Yes. I hate that. Uh, out to English. Uh, so we have our Discord. Um, we also have our website. <laughs> Greek Hulk. Yes, Kratos. We just finished talking about Greek Hulk. Uh, you also have our website over at digitalerentertainment.com where you can check out all our other social media links, our podcast episodes, and more. And if you wish to support us, there's a few avenues of support that you can do. We have our merch available at our Stream Elements shop, streamelements.com slash entertainment. You can purchase our D hoodies, our D tank tops, our D t-shirts. We have D code merchandise as well as Coco No Pro, our upcoming wrestling themed visual novel. And uh, you can check out our sponsor as well. Image Anime over at imageanime.com. If you spend over $100, you can use our promo code discount ship to save uh, on ground shipping on all purchases over $100. If you yourself are an anime fan or know someone who's an, a fan of anime, definitely let them know that our code helps them and it helps us as well. We appreciate every one of you who have used it thus far to save some money on shipping and buy all the featured products that are in stock. You can also check out our YouTube for some of our D recaps where we highlight upcoming uh, items that you can pre-order. The promo code does not work for the pre-orders, though, uh, but once they're in stock, you're more than welcome to use that promo code and get those uh, items into your little mitts, if you so choose. Uh, I think that covers it all in terms of D-Links. Uh, coming up next, we have uh, RJ, who will be playing Great Ace Attorney, I believe. Still? I think so. It's been like two years. <laughs> it has not been two years. There's a lot of cases. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's playing Great Ace Attorney or Fortnite, one of the two. Uh, he's been on a Fortnite kick lately, which has been interesting. Not going to lie, it's been making me like... Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, so while Mario drops the links in the chat for all of you who are joining us live, uh, feel free to click on those. Uh, check us out. That's going to do it for today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. But as always, until next time, you've been decoded. Mm -hmm.